Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. Today's guest is Dr. Kelly Kessler. Dr. Kessler is a transformation coach and licensed physical therapist. She also runs her own business and is host of the very popular podcast called Rewiring Health. Kelly's mission is to help high-achieving perfectionist women remain successful without compromising their health through nervous system regulation and subconscious reprogramming. Kelly says when she works with clients, they often are held back by limiting beliefs, pain, maybe never feeling good enough, and she helps them step into somebody who feels resilient, abundant, and more connected in mind and body. Kelly speaks from her own triumphs and has helped many women shift from living in survival mode to thriving. There are so many messages in this conversation I know will resonate with a lot of women, so let's get into it. Well, Dr. Kessler, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I want to start with something you've said that really resonated with me, so I'm going to read a quote. It took me years to realize this. But as much as we would like to think life will eventually let up on us and one day things will calm down, they don't. I can't tell you how much time and energy I wasted trying to control everything happening around me in hopes to prevent all the things I worried about from coming true. So tell us why you think women need this message more than ever today. So yeah, this, I lived and breathed this. I was like, you know, I just have to get through this and then things will settle down. I'll start taking care of myself. You know, I have to just get through this part of my job or, you know, when I get this new region I'm taking care of, then I can actually honor myself. And I kept saying this to myself when I'm done with this degree, there's always when, and then waiting for the one day. And it just became this pattern of like one day never came. And so I started experiencing these health impacts from never actually getting to the point where I was taking care of myself. And I know I'm not alone in this because there's so many people that say, okay, you know, when the kids get to this age, I'll start taking care of myself. When, you know, I can retire, then I'll have enough time to take care of myself. And we constantly are pushing this off. And this has hit me even harder, even more recently, because my brother was that person who, you know, I'll just get to the point where I can take care of myself. And was very driven, high achiever, very grinding all the time. And he was that person, I'll push it off. You know, I'll take care of myself eventually one day when things settle down. And unfortunately, he passed away last month. So there isn't a time when that one day comes. We have to do that now. And this is something I've learned in my process. And it is hit home even more now because of what has happened. And so this has become my mission to share this, that We have to take care of ourselves now. We have to honor our needs now. There's no time like now to start doing this. There never will be a one day. I'm sincerely sorry for your loss. Thank you. I think it's really common, just circling back to what you said, that women create this false narrative that things are going to settle down, but we keep moving the goalpost. Yeah. And I think a lot of that stems from never feeling enough. 
And that was what I've experienced and what I've experienced with a lot of women's just like we feel like we always have to validate ourselves externally. So it has to be this certain amount of money. It has to be that our kids are in a certain place. The house looks a certain way. We're constantly trying to validate ourselves with external things when there's a lack of that worthiness within ourselves that regardless of what's going on around us, we're worthy. We are worth every bit and every ounce of energy and time to pour into ourselves and this becomes a vicious cycle when, like you said, we do move the goalposts and we feel like no matter what we do, it's never good enough because we constantly feel like we're empty. We're not being fulfilled because we're not starting in ourselves or starting outside, which will never fill us. I couldn't agree more. And I think sometimes there are very clear signs. You know, we get sick, our bodies, our, our mental health break down. But I think what's very pervasive in so many women in today's society, it's a little bit more sneaky. I think women are sabotaging their health in order to achieve unknowingly. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's that trying to get everything just so. And it's also like if you're a driven person, you're constantly pouring your energy into making that work. And you're also trying to pour your energy into making everything else work. So if you're mom, you think that you have to put 100% into your kids. If you're at work, you think you have to put 100% into work, into your spouse, into, you know, even the self-care, you think you got to pour into that. And there's not 100% to go into everything. So we get this false truth within ourselves that we think balance can actually be achieved when it actually cannot be achieved. And that's been told to us, you know, through media, through so many influences that like, oh, you just have to have a balanced life. What balance means is an even distribution. And that's completely impossible. There's not enough of you to go around evenly to all these things. So instead of focusing on balance, we have to start focusing on harmony. Like there's going to be days where work might take more of your time and energy. But if that day occurs, how do you pour more into yourself the next day? There might be days when your kids take more of your time and energy. If that occurs, how do you pour more into yourself the next day after that? It's always going to be a shifting scale. But what we have to be able to do is come back to recognizing what are our values? Are we sticking to our values? And where is our time and energy being dispersed and having a real goal of where that needs to be and that balance isn't achievable in that. I'm so with you here. I think one of the best learnings that I've had in the past five years is similar, like throwing this idea of perfect balance, perfect anything really out the window, but also knowing when I'm intentionally leaned in and a little out of balance Mm -hmm. in certain areas and making sure that I'm aware of that and I'm choosing that. Yeah. So that I can recalibrate and not just feeling like life is happening to me. Mm-hmm. 100%. It can often feel like you're on a treadmill. You're just trying to keep up, but the treadmill is going faster and faster and like you're going to fall off. And it just feels like no matter what you do, it's just never enough. And it is those moments where like if you do take a moment to step back and be a little bit more mindful enjoy that. Don't feel guilty for it. And that's where I think a lot of women get stuck. It's like, okay, I'll go through the motions of taking a quiet moment for myself or meditate or do yoga. But then there's that like subconscious guilt of like, oh, I really should be spending time with my kids. I really should be doing that project, cleaning the kitchen, the dishes are looking at you. And so those moments that you take the time, the energy is still not there for yourself because you're still living in those lower vibration energies of guilt and shame. And so you're not actually getting the benefit of taking the time, even though you actually are doing something for yourself. For women that 
are trying to be intentional and carve out times for themselves, but do experience those emotions because that's the worst when you're like, oh, I'm finally doing this. I'm showing up for myself. And then you're distracted or you're feeling those, you know, not awesome emotions of shame or guilt, which is so common. Totally. I mean, I've been there. There's still those constant, you know, you have to check in with yourself. It's never like you get to the point where you don't feel that. Like I think as a mom, it's it's constant. You always have those moments of like, you should do more and more and more for your kids. So you always have to do those check-ins of like, how do I feel in this moment and give yourself that permission to do that. I know you've talked about how there are ways that surprise you that surprised lots of women that you've noticed where we are sabotaging our health in order to achieve that we might not really think of. And one of them is exercise. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So especially a lot of times like high achievement perfectionists, it's like more, more, more to get that same fix. So you think that it's not okay if you just take five minutes to do exercise, because what is that? That's, that's nothing, you know, but people who are those high achievers tend to feel like I have to do a lot for it to be sufficient. So you get into that cycle of needing more and more exercise to get the same fix. And so there becomes a propensity to be more of like a compulsive exerciser where you are doing more, you're doing, you're grinding harder, you're pushing yourself to a higher limit. But what happens is that when you are in a stress response and now you're pushing your body more physically, you're just perpetuating that stress response. You're actually doing yourself a disservice. And so when you're already in a high state, you're going beyond that. And now you're compromising your health even more, even though you think you're helping yourself. I want to dig into that a little bit more Mm -hmm. because I think there's a lot to distinguish because obviously I know we both agree moving our bodies is wonderful. You know, nobody's saying that. Yeah. But I think so many women are living in this fight or flight mode and sometimes going from a super stressful day to caregiving to a intense hit workout. What is that doing to our nervous system potentially? So yeah, you're exactly right. We're in this fight or flight response. Maybe we don't even realize that because it could be so chronic that this has become our new baseline that we're in this response. And fight or flight is stress. Like that's just living in like a chronic stress response. And what happens with that is that you are not healing. Your body is literally on hyperdrive all the time. Your mind is going all the time. You struggle to sleep. Your hormones are going to be off balance. And now when we add these high intensity exercises on top of this, now we're getting even more cortisol going through our body. We are causing our system to be even more in a stress response. Our muscles are already tense from being in that fight or flight response all day. And now we're adding even more tension, more energy demands. And then we wonder why we're feeling so drained. It's it's literally like you're running the car on almost empty and you're expecting it to go another hundred miles without filling up the tank. And that becomes that hit workout. So if you're in a regulated state, HIT is fine, like HIT or high intensity, anything is okay. But if you are living in chronic stress, those high intensity exercises are actually going to do yourself a disservice. And that is the problem. So it's nothing against the exercise, but it has to be right for you in the moment that you need it. I know in this area, another thing you talked about a lot is some women have a really hard time asking for help and it actually can be detrimental to our wellness. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And, and really we have to dive in. Like that was me. Like I was that, you know, if I asked for help, it, I would think it was a sign of weakness. Like that's what I would think that like, if I can't do it by myself, it clearly demonstrates that like, I'm not good enough. And those are those subconscious beliefs that we live with that we don't even realize we have. And that was something I had to explore. Like, why do I struggle to accept help? Where is this coming from? Does this serve me to even have this belief that help is a problem? So it takes a lot of introspection into ourselves to recognize, like, why do we have these beliefs? And for women who struggle to accept help, it then again compounds everything that they're experiencing. They're probably already spreading themselves thin. They're in a stress response. Now maybe they are doing those high intensity workouts and for things that they maybe could use the help for, you know, maybe their spouse is there and instead of asking them to do the dishes, they just, I'll do it, forget it, I'll do it. I could do it better. I'll just get it done quicker. It's like now they feel like they have to take on everything and be the person that accomplishes everything. And it's just a compounding cycle. So now we're, perpetuating the nervous system dysregulation. But on top of that, we're continuing the same wiring patterns in our brain that say that help is not acceptable or that we are less than if we accept it. Yeah, I feel like that's also based on what I've learned and experienced a fast track into dipping into the resentment zone. Mm -hmm. I think it takes practice almost to ask for help when we need it. It does. One thing that's helped me is actually remembering how good it feels when someone asks me for help Mm -hmm. and I can do it. Yeah. And anyone who is the type of person that struggles to ask for help or rarely does is not the person that needs to be worried about being the friend that's like always needy or needing something. Mm -hmm. You know, when someone genuinely asks me for something, it's kind of a gift if I can Mm -hmm. do it. Right. Yeah. We all want to be of service. Yeah. That's such a good perspective shift too, because it's especially a lot of times high achievers, perfectionists are also people pleasers. So they want to constantly make people happy. But then if you're begrudging people helping you and serving you, it's like, now again, you can kind of shift it so that you're looking out for the other person's well-being. Yeah. Can you give women an idea for how we, because some stress, you know, everybody feels it differently in their body. Can you give us a a feel for flags that maybe we are neglecting our nervous system and need to kind of give it a little bit more attention. Yeah, sure. So again, like you said, stress is beneficial in small doses. We like stress because it is a protective mode. Like if someone cuts you off in traffic, like you want to have a stress response, you can react quickly and hit the brake quickly. So there is a purpose for it, but we're meant to have stress in small doses and then come back to this restful state. And unfortunately, in a lot of like today's society and that go, go, go mentality, it's almost been flipped. Like we're living in stress most of the time. And then it's rare for us to be in a parasympathetic restful state. And so some things that occur when you're in that chronic stressful state in the body is that you may be experiencing tension throughout the body. So our fascia, which is our connective tissue, is highly integrated with the nervous system. So when we are stressed, that becomes tense. It actually changes its properties to cause more tension within our system. And that is all because if there was a lion and you had a stress response, you had to tense up so that you could run or fight it or freeze. So these are all these primitive things that happen. You may also experience it with like jaw tension, clenching of your jaw, grinding your teeth at night. You may experience headaches. Uh, migraines are common. You may be experiencing pain. So chronic pain and stress are go hand in hand. Other things you may experiencing are just those like panic attacks where you feel like your whole system is just like 
the pressure on your whole system and you feel like you can't think. Brain fog can be a common one for this. Difficulty with clarity of thought, high blood pressure, increased heart rate. I mean, the list goes on because it all goes back to our autonomic nervous system, which is controlled by it basically stress dictates how the autonomic nervous system works. And our autonomic nervous system is essentially our program in which our body runs. So when things are dysregulated, everything can be out of control. It just shows up in people a little bit differently. So for the average woman who wants to dream and go for things, what are some practices you put in place that enable women to have this energy and focus and I'll say sense of productivity mm-hmm. without tipping into that burnout, overwhelm, fight or flight mode. Yeah. So big thing is consistency. And it doesn't mean that you have to add on hours of stuff every day because the last thing anybody wants you is already feeling overwhelmed is another thing to put on their plate. It doesn't need to be that, but we do need to start bookending the day with things that serve us in the morning to start off with good intentions and start off our system right. And also bookend the end of the day where we have things and a routine before we go to bed so that we can actually get a restful night's sleep and be productive the next day. So, and then there's going to be things throughout the day, little things like breathing exercises that you can do if you're feeling stressed, transitioning well. So maybe you're going from work and carrying that energy home. So there's ways you can start to transition where you can release that energy and show up more present for your family. But some examples in the morning that I've incorporated in it, it changes based on what my needs are, but I've started with cold showers. So there's a lot of resilience that you gain from that. It's not somewhere I would recommend someone starting, but that works. <laughs> Setting intentions in the morning, just saying to ourselves, like today, I'm going to see beauty in the world. Literally that works because it activates the reticular activating system, which is our filter through which we see the world. So if we think, oh, today's going to be a bad day, like it probably will, because your brain is already primed to see things that are bad. So it works in both directions. Um, end of the day, I always read some self-personal development book. I write down things I'm grateful for, my wins for the day. So there are things that you can start integrating into your day and start out with the smallest thing possible that will allow your system to become regulated, but still be very productive. But yeah, there's there's a slew of things I could go on forever, but those are just some examples. What's the first thing you do in your practice when you feel yourself sliding into that old familiar state of overwhelm or you you can feel your nervous system kind of ticking on? Yeah. So when I feel like that, I, I try to remove myself from whatever I'm doing. Getting outside is really good just for the visual system to allow our parasympathetic system to turn on. And then I do some breath work. So I try to get outside, walk and do some breathing when I feel like I'm getting flustered and overwhelmed. Writing too is something. It just depends on what I'm going through in that moment. But if I feel like I have all these thoughts in my head and I don't really know how to even process them, I'll just start writing them out. But really, breath is my anchor. I always start with doing some breathing exercises. It allows your system to calm down, changing your physiology. So automatically, if you're stressed, you'll notice that your shoulders curl up. You start tensing up almost like a position like you were about to fight. So changing your physiology to be very open, standing up almost like a Superman pose can very much change how your brain is processing things, too. So I usually go through the body and then I start processing the mind. I like starting with breath too, because I'm with you. I, if I am feeling activated and I have enough wisdom to know that that's not when I'm going to make a good choice, 
or talk in my highest expression. I try to separate, but sometimes you're in a meeting or in a room and I like that breath. You can do it anywhere. You could do it at Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, absolutely. In the car. I mean, it's all, yeah, it's something you have with you at all times. So it's just a beautiful thing to anchor you. Right. And I feel like even 30 seconds to one minute can be substantial enough. So again, I, I like to talk about practical ways that women without needing to, you know, go sit by a pond for 45 minutes, please do that if you can. But you know, (laughs) we all have full lives. And I think that it's nice to know that there's just small practices like that, that can really stop the momentum and change the fabric of your day. 100%. Yeah. And just like I said, there's discrete things that aren't, you know, maybe you don't want people to see that you're trying to calm yourself down, but you can do these discreetly and they can be done throughout the day. Like I do breath throughout the day and it has really been a gift. Well, I want to circle back. I appreciate your willingness to share about your recent loss. And since you mentioned that, I think it's just kind of the age of my friends and my community, but it seems like a lot of women are facing hard times, whether it's a loss or a sick child, Mm -hmm. or some people have had job losses in the family, whatever it is, I'm wondering what practices you recommend or you personally ground into maybe that we haven't talked about to help just give us a sense of peace and comfort during these times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, I think it's very individualized and in what works for each person. You know, for me, this is one of the biggest losses I've ever had in my life. So it's still trying to process that. And for what works for me in this moment is just allowing myself to sit in the emotions that are there. And so if it's sadness, if it's anger, whatever that comes up, I allow myself to just sit in that and allow it to just kind of release as it authentically does. And one thing I've done in this moment is just doing some quiet, like meditation, intentional meditation, where I allow my brain to go into more joyful memories. So remembering things that were really joyful in my life, or even just future things like things that, you know, maybe I would love to have in my life and just to bring and elevate my energy up because it is a grief and any kind of loss or anything you're experiencing, it brings you down to these lower vibrations and it's okay to be there because of course we have to process this life is not this like one big peachy thing. Like, and it shouldn't be, you have to kind of allow yourself to sit in those, but don't sit in there so long that it prevents you from healing. And that that's really where I've tried to strike a balance and like it's okay that I'm down here because I just went through a really, really awful thing in my life. But also I need to also try to elevate myself and find joy in life and try to find how in some way the universe is still working for me. And that that's been a really big transition piece. And for years, I really felt like, why is life working against me? Why is this happening to me? And I'm not allowing myself to go back into those patterns of thinking because it didn't serve me then. And I know it doesn't serve me now. And even though I don't have all the answers to that and how this in some way is serving me, I have to just believe that in some way, these things that are awful in our life are serving us in some way, and it will be presented to us in some way. Beautiful. I can tell you're somebody who is continuing to be open and evolving. And I think those are the the best healers, because you will continue to have 
revelations and wisdom to share as your clients grow with you. Is there anything that you've learned or experienced in your own journey in the in more recent times that you, if you could go back and would have had this light bulb like five years ago, what yeah. would it be? So something that hit me hard and was, I was in a coaching program two years ago and I heard this and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. And the statement was, you get more of what you tolerate. And I'm like, wow, everything in my life that I didn't want, I was tolerating it. Like I put up with jobs far too long. I put up with things in my life that were not serving me, people who would compromise my own energy because I didn't set boundaries. And there were so many things I could see in my life that I was just tolerating, thinking I was just paying my dues. And, you know, I just have to put up with this a little bit longer and then it'll be okay. Kind of like how we started the podcast, but I tolerated so many things in my life. And once I stopped tolerating things and expected more and realized I was worthy of more, my whole life started to expand and elevate. And so for anyone who's listening, like start realizing, like, are you tolerating something in your life? Are you putting up with it? How does it make you feel? And that was a big aha for me. It's like, I would just do things because I felt like it was an obligation. And then I did, wasn't in tune with my emotions, but now that I start recognizing, like, how do I feel after that? Like I said yes to that and I just did it, but how did it make me feel? Yeah, not good. Okay. I'm not doing that again. Cause I don't like how I felt after that. And so when we can start tuning into our emotions and stop tolerating things that aren't serving us, it's a game changer. That is such a great insight. I really think too, that the more we do that, the easier it is to make decisions mm-hmm. without debating and draining our energy by going back and forth. Because the more we hone that, at least in my experience, the more clearly we can confidently know pretty easily if something's a yes or a no for us. And it's yeah. it just is, I always say when you say yes to something, you say no to something else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you're 100% right on that when you get in tune yourself, because I've gotten better, like you said at this, but you can start feeling it. Like, do you feel expanded by things or do you feel like suffocated? And you can really start to get in tune of like how things are making you feel. It's a game changer for sure. All right. Well, we are coming up against time, but I always end my shows by asking guests, what's one question women could be asking themselves more? I mean, this is, it kind of came up already, but this is one thing is, is it serving me? Is this serving me? And for anything you're doing in life, just really looking at every aspect, is this serving me? Like, are you doing obligations? Is it elevating your energy or is it lowering it? And so really just starting to look at, and I I don't mean energy, like, oh, you can go run. It's like that energy of like, does it bring you peace? Does it bring you joy? Does it bring you you know, all those higher emotions that you desire, or is it leaving you in a place of guilt, shame, whatever, because you're doing it or fear, angst, you know, even if it's just watching the news, does it serve you to watch the news and see how you feel? It could be the smallest little things, you know? So just start asking yourself those questions and everything in your life, and you'll start to see it more objectively. Like, is this serving me or is it not? Beautiful. I know people will want to learn more from you. So tell us where we can find you. I'm on most social medias. Um, My name is Dr. Kelly Kessler, all one word. You can also find me on my podcast, Rewiring Health, and on my website, OptimalUYOUHealthAndWellness.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been great. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at at WhitneyWoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.